this very moment, you could be blocking something wonderful from entering into your life without even knowing it. So many of us have what's known as receiving blocks, and these can be one of the hardest wounds to heal in your life. But after watching this video, your receiving blocks are gonna start melting away quickly. You're going to learn why we block the gifts from the universe in the first place, and then I'm going to share my top six tips to help you learn how to receive and stop blocking the universe today. Coming up. Hello beautiful soul, this is Christina Lopes, the Heart Alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell so you get notified as soon as I publish new content. And don't forget to follow me over on Instagram where I share weekly tips that you won't find here on YouTube. Okay, on to part one of the video, why we block. <laughs> so this may seem really counterintuitive and totally weird that how is it even possible that if I really want something and I really desire about something and I really have these dreams, how is it possible that I can want something but then block it? <laughs> I can want something with one hand but then block it with the other. This is quite common actually. We don't even, a lot of us don't even realize that we're doing this, that we have receiving blocks. And there are basically two main reasons that we have blocks, two main ways in which we block, and I'm gonna talk about them right now. The first one is probably one of the most common, and it's what's called armoring, all right? So armoring happens very frequently, especially to sensitives and empaths. Ding, ding, <laughs> all right? Empaths and sensitives, extremely sensitive people tend to have the tendency to armor especially when early on in their childhood, if they're going through any type of trauma or pain in childhood, a sensitive child will very frequently begin to armor. All right, so what is armoring? Armoring is basically a shutting down of the energy system that the child learns in response to pain or something uncomfortable happening in their environment. So what happens is because the child feels defenseless, because they can't run away if something's happening in their home or they can't defend themselves, this armoring is, is quite common as a defense mechanism. And that's basically when that, that energy system shuts down and you can think of it sort of like a turtle. I love to use the image of the turtle. So when a turtle is startled, they go right into their, they cocoon right inside of their, inside of their shell. They retreat into their shell. And this is basically what's going on on an energy level when the child learns how to armor in response to pain. They go into their shell. In other words, they sort of harden or shut down their energy system. And this kind of helps them when they're growing up because at least it shuts down the system a little bit. And if they're sensitive, it'll numb their system a little bit. So it'll help them go through whatever it is they're going through, whatever painful thing they're going through as children. The problem with armoring then is that when you grow up, you continue to carry this huge shell on you. Your, your energy system sh continues to be shut down and that creates major blockages between you and the universe. Now, initially, as I was saying, initially this is a, a protection mechanism. So what the child is doing, and we usually, the reason I'm saying children is because we usually learn to armor very early on in our lives. It's not something that we acquire as adults usually. We can armor as adults. 
um, for the first time, but it's usually a habit that we bring from our childhood, all right? And and this, this armoring is a protection initially. It's basically protection, protecting the sensitive child from the harshness of the world, all right? So it creates that shell, that hardening of their energy system. Now, initially, when armoring happens, this is a first chakra issue, ding, ding. <laughs> When armoring starts, when the child starts to learn how to armor, she's doing it through the power of the first chakra. Now, the first chakra, if you haven't uh, um, listened to me talk about chakras a lot, here's a picture uh, of the chakra system. The first chakra is that root chakra. The first chakra is your chakra of safety and survival. This is the first one to come online when we're little, when we're actually still fetuses in our mother's womb. That's when this first chakra comes online. It's the first one to be predominant in our early childhood, and it's this, the chakra of safety and survival. So anytime I don't feel safe, that first chakra starts to deploy defense strategies in order to help me uh, feel more safe. And this, this sort of shell, like the turtle that I, that I gave this example, this shelling of the energy system is initially a defense mechanism, a strategy that's deployed by that first chakra. Now I want to leave a little side note, ding, ding here. I want to leave a side note here because a lot of times when we're talking about receiving blocks, a lot of times people assume that what's blocked is their heart. <laughs> so you'll see a lot of videos and articles talking about how when we block things, it's because our heart is shut down especially when it has to do with uh, relationships, okay, with connections with people. And this is partially true because it is true that as you start aging and growing up, that the armoring gets more and more hardened, eventually reaching the heart and the heart shuts down also. So that is partially true that when you do have receiving blocks, especially as adults, when we have receiving blocks, the heart is most certainly involved. But the point here, the side note here that I wanted to leave is that the heart is not the first thing to be blocked. It's the first chakra. And this may seem like it's just semantics, but it's not because when you're doing the healing work, now you know that you have to go much lower than the heart chakra in order to heal this armoring. You've got to go lower than the heart chakra because the blockage, the strategy of armoring starts in the first and it's valuable. It's really invaluable to know that because then your strategies, your healing of this, your de-armoring is going to start at the first chakra. And the strategies are a little bit different than the, than the strategies to use on the heart chakra. Now to take you a little bit into the energy perspective, I gave you the image of the turtle shell. So that's a good image to understand what armoring does. But from an energy perspective, what that shelling does, what the shutting down of your energy system does is it creates a barrier between you and the universe, okay? Between the, the individual you and the universe, all right? It creates a sort of a barrier so that energy, chi or prana, it, it has difficulty circulating between you and the universe when you're armored. There's kind of a hard barrier. Another example I like to give to illustrate this is a door. So if I close the door to my house and I lock it, if I close my front door, <laughs> people can't come in and out of my house. <laughs> so it, the closing of a door and the locking of a door, it shuts down the circulation of people moving in and out of a house or a room, all right? It's the same thing here. 
When I armor, I shut down my energy system at least quite a bit. I, I can never shut it down completely because I'm connected. I'm always connected to the universe. And the idea that I can actually armor completely and disconnect myself from the universe is impossible, but I can do quite a lot to separate myself from the universe. And this armoring does that. It shuts down that energy flow, the flow of chi between myself and the universe. And without that flow of chi, it's virtually impossible for things to materialize in my life because the materialization of matter here in the 3d world is it's really coming from that dance, that co-creation between myself and the universe. So when I shut down that universal flow of energy between me and the universe, I shut down the manifestation process. Another interesting thing about armoring is that especially the initial phases of armoring, when I'm a little child and I'm learning to armor and I'm using my first chakra to do that, Initially armoring has, is coming from also a very strong masculine, the very strong masculine side of me. It's coming from the young energy within. All right. That's another particularity of armoring. That's interesting is that it's masculine. Initially it's masculine in nature. Later on, the feminine energy is going to come in and participate in the armoring too. But initially this kind of hard armoring of the first chakra has the participation, the strong participation of young energy specifically a specific facet of masculine energy, masculine and feminine energy. They have different facets, different archetypes. And one of the archetypes, one of the facets of the inner masculine is the inner protector. It's called the inner protector. And that's basically the part of the masculine energy that tries to protect you. And this is the part of the masculine energy that's very active when you start to armor as a child, because the inner protector takes over, he picks up his sword and suddenly the inner masculine is always looking for danger around the corner. So he picks up, he activates this inner protector, overly activates this inner protector. And that participates in the armoring to even get hardened more and more hardened. All right. So I wanted to leave this side note here because you're going to need to understand the play of feminine and masculine energy when it comes to healing, receiving blocks. The second way in which we block is through beliefs and imprints. All right. So I talked about the armoring as being the first re the first way. This second one is sort of a continuation of the story uh, of the first, uh, the first way. So when I start to armor, especially early on in childhood, when I start to armor that energy system shuts down, I create a barrier between myself and the universe. And when I do this, this, this can be a defense mechanism early, but it turns very quickly into a poison because what happens is when I cut myself off from the universe or when I try to cut myself off from the universe, it's so extremely painful to myself because I'm in constant connection with the universe. I need to be in constant connection with the universe. It's what keeps me alive. <laughs> and so when I try to cut off my connection to the universe, it becomes extremely painful. Even if the child doesn't understand that that's where it's coming from. For, for the child's brain, for the child's mind, they don't know what's happening. They're just, they're just kind of working on instinct, uh, when they're doing these things as children. And so when, when the armoring starts early on, the disconnection between myself and the universe becomes so painful for the child. And that's where beliefs and imprints start to be born because the child starts to have a story around what's happening to them and how they're feeling. And that leads to beliefs and energy imprints. 
And, and let me give you an example of how this happens. And this is where the feminine now comes in. The yin energy starts to come in. When I feel disconnected from the world, there's a lot of stories that can start taking place. One of them is that I'm doing something bad. Okay. So the child starts to think that they're doing something wrong. Something is wrong with them. They're bad. I'm a bad, I'm a bad person. So these stories start to develop within the little mind of the child as they feel disconnected from the universe in response to feeling disconnected from the universe. And then those stories can get more complex to where they start to feel shame or guilt, or they start to feel like they don't deserve things. They start to feel like they're bad people. Then these stories keep developing within them that can actually go all the way to self-hatred and self-punishment. This is, this particular energy is very feminine in nature. This has a yin tone to it. This is a very, these are very common wounds of the feminine, not feeling good enough, not feeling deserving, not feeling, um, not feeling like, um, they're worthy enough. This is, this, this particularity is very yin. This is a yin wound. And so when these beliefs start to develop in the child, these energy imprints are born in the chakras in different chakras, especially the first one initially, but then it'll eventually these energy imprints will go into the heart chakra and the energy imprints. What they essentially are is these are pre thoughts or you can think about them as the energy that gives rise to your personality and your ego and your beliefs later on. Okay. So the imprints are there in those chakras. And then once the personality, the true personality and the ego of the child starts to develop, that ego and that personality is going to look down on the lower chakras. It's going to grab all the information that's stored energetically in those chakras, and it's going to build your personality based on that information. All right. So if these energy imprints of feeling disconnected, then starting to feel shame and, and not good enough. If those imprints are then implanted in those chakras, the personality of the child will then start to develop as being, uh, having very low self-esteem, having, uh, not feeling worthy, not feeling deserving, not feeling good enough, uh, all the way to self-hatred and self-punishment, meaning that, you know, I'm not receiving, and this the, actually catch this in you. Cause this just fell on my head right now. Catch this in you, test this in you. Because a lot of times what happens is when we're trying to manifest something, when we really, really want something, we want some, let's say we want a relationship. Let me get concrete. Let's say we want a relationship. You want a relationship. You want to experience love. You want to manifest a partner so badly, but then there's that little voice inside of you that believes you don't deserve love. Can you access this? Have you ever been able to access these little voices? that are right underneath the surface of your desires. Okay. Become aware of these voices. Those beliefs were actually born in you early on when the armoring started. And then the energy imprint started to be implanted in your chakras. And then your personality, those voices started to develop as a response to that. All right. So this is a concrete example of how this works. These beliefs and these energy imprints, they actually reinforce the armoring, making it hardened more and more hardened. So as the child grows up, as their personality grows up, they go from armoring, initial armoring down low in the lower chakras. Then the beliefs and the energy imprints come in and they reinforce the armoring, make it harder. And they basically disconnect themselves even more. They block themselves even more from the wonders 
orders of the universe, all right? So these are the two main ways in which we block receiving things from the universe. On to part two of the video, how to receive and stop blocking. <laughs> All right, now that we know why those blocks came into play in our lives, now we're gonna learn how to receive and how to unblock. All right, there are six main tips that I have for you. The first one is one of my favorites uh, because it's quick, because of the speed of it, and it's called love bombing. <laughs> okay, love bombing. This is a really powerful way to unblock uh, any receiving or to melt any receiving blocks. And what I mean by love bombing, this is, an, this is essentially when you receive such an overwhelming flow of love that it overrides your defense mechanisms. It completely breaks right through the armoring and the barriers that you have. And it's because the intensity of love is so strong that your system cannot keep it away. And so the love pierces through the blocks, the love pierces through the armoring and it just completely melts it, all right? Now, there are two main ways in which love bombing can occur, two main ways. One way is through love bombing through one individual. Um, and this could be sometimes how this happens is through a guru or an, or a master that has a very strong energy system. Okay. So it could be through a guru or a master. We've heard many stories. I'll give you a couple of them uh, of how this works. Um, one of my favorite stories is the, uh, through the Indian guru, Aman. Okay, so Indian Guru Amma, she's known as the hugging guru. She's very, very famous and essentially thousands upon thousands and thousands of people go to see Amma just so she can hug them. That's all she does all day long. <laughs> she hugs people. And I've had friends go to India actually to participate in satsang with uh uh, with Amma and literally their lives changed from just one hug from this person. <laughs> that's, that's the extraordinary power of love. And why? It's because this guru, she has such a powerful energy system that by just coming into contact with her, the love energy that she, that she throws at you can pierce your defenses, can become so overwhelming to your defenses that everything just falls and those blocks just fall. All right. So here's an example. Um, one of my favorite teachers, Ram Das, uh, he uh, used to talk a lot about his guru when he went from the U.S. to India um, and he met his, his guru. He said that he talked a lot about how the first time he looked into his guru's eyes, he just felt this overwhelming love that it's almost like he melted. Okay. And this, these are common stories of people that meet with, with masters and with gurus that have very strong loving vibrations. Okay. So there's one way an individual can, can break your defenses. Another way is when you fall in love, <laughs> when you, when you fall in love, when you really fall in love, when someone with a soulmate or a twin flame, when someone really significant, when a significant soul connection comes into your life, that love that they carry for you and that you carry for them can be so powerful that it literally breaks through all barriers and all armoring that you have. All right. So, so this is one way, one way of love bombing of receiving a love bomb is through one person. All right. 
But another way of receiving a love bomb is through group energy. <laughs> this is also a really powerful way uh, to receive that love bomb. And this is actually what I use during my YouTube live activation. So if, if you haven't heard, we, we do YouTube live activations, pop-up uh, live activations that I do with my community. And we will be in a group, sometimes thousands of people usually come to these activations. And there's significant breakthroughs that occur for so many people during these live uh, YouTube live activations because what's happening is there's so many people coming together and when we come together and connect our energy, we amplify the energy. And so basically the, per the person gets love bombed because of the group energy that's amplified to such an extent that that group energy then overwhelms the defenses that the person may have. So I hear a ton of stories from people saying that literally, you know, they just feel so much love, they cry, they just feel, they feel it so strongly in them. And it's because the group energy amplifies and so it breaks through the defenses. The point is when you're love bombed, whether it's through group energy or through an individual, when you're love bombed, what's happening is, is that the, the concentration of love, love energy, very high vibration energy, the concentration of love energy is so powerful that it overwhelms the defense systems or the armoring that the person has, and it completely overrides that armoring. And once that armoring is overridden once, and the person realizes what it feels like to be connected, to receive love, when they realize what it feels like, it sort of resets their system. And then they're like, oh my God, that's what love feels like. I want to feel more of that. <laughs> All right. And so that's what happens. It completely breaks down their defense system. So this is one of my favorite ways uh, in which we can learn how to unblock and start to receive. The second tip is to heal imprints. All right. So, so in the first, uh, in the first way we talked about, uh, love bombing here in the second one, this is really important because in this tip, what you're going to do is you have to realize that those energy imprints that we talked about, that start giving rise to the armoring getting worse those imprints have to be healed because if you have those imprints in your chakras that say, you know, I'm not deserving, I don't deserve love, uh, or, or things like love is not safe, love hurts. If I have these energy imprints in my chakras, I could want love, for example, I could use this as an example. You can want a relationship until you're blue in the face and you could stare in the mirror and repeat, I'm calling forth my partner. I want my soulmate. You can repeat this in the mirror until you're blue in the face. But if you have energy imprints in those lower chakras that say, I don't deserve love or love is unsafe, then you're going to be armoring. You're going to be shutting down. You're going to be blocking. So you're going to want the partner on the one hand, and then you're going to block the partner on the other. Okay. So healing the imprints in those lower chakras is extremely important. And it's pretty simple. My favorite way of healing imprints is through the power of decision, the power of decision. People don't realize how powerful your uh, free will is and your personal sovereignty is that when you make a decision to do something, that intention is already a significant amount of healing. Okay. So when you go down to these lower chakras and you say to yourself, I am ready to heal any imprint that is blocking me from receiving, 
that decision that you make starts to heal these imprints immediately. The more you know about the imprints, so you can go down in these lower chakras and, and start to start to think about the imprints and the beliefs that you may have down there that you didn't know you had. So, so this example of me saying, you know, that I want a partner, I want a partner. If that's one of your desires and you say to yourself, I want a partner, I want a partner, but then there's a little imprint. There's a little voice in that first chakra that says love is unsafe. Ooh, this is big. <laughs> this is big because if love is unsafe, I'm going to constantly be blocking it. All right. So if you catch the particularities of the imprints and what they're saying, that's even better because the more that you pinpoint and laser focus on that, you're trying to heal the faster it heals. All right. So, so here's the, here's the second tip to heal imprints. The third tip is inner talk. All right. This is extremely important. And that's in fact, why I was talking about the masculine and the feminine particularities of this armoring and these beliefs and imprints earlier on in the video, because that's where this is going to come in handy. Now, when you start to do your inner talk, especially direct that inner talk to the inner masculine and the inner feminine. Now that you know the particularities and how each one of these energies participates in the blocking. Now you can talk to them and you can kind of, um, it's a conversation, but it's a conversation that involves a lot of compassion, gentleness, and love. Okay. So the inner talk that you're having with your inner energies, it's not about being hard on them, being critical, being judgmental. No, it's the energy of love. So a lot of compassion, a lot of gentleness and understanding. You have to understand why this armoring, why these blockages, why they came in the first place. They were put in place early on as a defense mechanism. So now that you understand that you can bring a lot of compassion and gentleness into this inner talk. And the way that I did this was I would talk to my inner energies differently because they had, they participated in the wounding and in the blocking differently. So in the masculine, I would talk to the inner protector part of the masculine and I would just, just talk to him very gently and I would say, everything's okay. I don't need you to defend me anymore. I'm not defenseless. I'm a grown woman. You see, I would have that kind of conversation urging that inner protector to calm down that he didn't need to protect me anymore, that he didn't need to be hyper vigilant, that I was safe, that I lived in a benevolent universe. You see this kind of beautiful conversation, gentle conversation helped to disarm that inner masculine. And the more that the inner masculine, the protector side of the masculine quiets down, the armoring will start to disintegrate. The blockages will start to disintegrate on the feminine side. The conversation is a little bit differently because what she believes is she then starts to believe that she's not deserving, that she's not good enough. She doesn't like herself. There's self punishment here. So it's a different, it's a different energy. It's a different wounding that she has. So for her, I have a, I would have a different conversation. So it's just about a lot of love saying that, you know, I am so deserving of love. God loves me. The universe loves me. Uh, my creator loves me. I'm surrounded by love all the time. I am very deserving of receiving wonderful things from the universe. You see, I would have this type of conversation with the inner feminine because her wounds are different. Her participation in the blocking is different than the masculine. All right. So that's where the inner talk is very, this was, this was crucial for me. The inner talk was so crucial for me, especially when I got into this more compassionate, gentle, there's a very feminine, uh, tinge to this very gentle, compassionate energy. The, the two energies, the inner masculine, and the inner feminine started to heal a lot faster. 
Speaking of the feminine, the tip number four is to focus on the feminine, okay? And the reason that I'm saying that is because the feminine energy, first of all, the feminine energy, the yin energy, that's your receiver. That is your receiver. Masculine energy is giver. Feminine energy is receiver energy. So if you have issues with the feminine energy, you're also going to be blocking. You're not going to be able to receive. And so focusing on the feminine is really important because you have to learn how to work with this energy, not just the inner talk part of her, letting her know that she's deserving and all of that. It's deeper than that. You have to learn how to work with feminine energy so that she comes in, she rises within you and becomes more powerful. The stronger and more powerful your feminine, the more you will be able to receive because the stronger and more powerful your feminine, the more you magnetize. You, the, the polarization of the feminine is magnetize, whereas the, the, the nature of the masculine is electric, the nature of the feminine is magnetic. So the stronger my, uh, my feminine is, the more I magnetize to me, literally like a magnet, the more I magnetize to myself the things that the universe wants to send me, all right? So, so learning how to work with this feminine energy, really deeply learning how to work with this feminine energy is extremely important. I'm not gonna go too deep into how to do this, because I shot a whole video on how to work with feminine energy and I'll leave a link to that video in the description box below so you can watch after this one. The fifth tip is to focus on the heart. I love the heart, it's my favorite chakra. <laughs> so that's why I call myself the heart alchemist. I love the heart so much. So when you start to do these tips in order, starting from the first one, like go get yourself a, go get yourself a love bomb. You're not going to be able to say, Oh, you know, let me go find a soulmate. Maybe you'll be able to find a soulmate, but you can still go out there and get yourself love bombs by participating in group activities or going to see a master or a healer, things like that. So starting from the first one, love bombing, you keep going down the list. You're eventually going to get here to the heart, the focus on the heart. And the reason that I did these, in order is because we've got to start working lower in the system because that's where the armoring and the blockages start. But then eventually we get to the heart. And so you do need to have heart work for sure. If you have receiving blocks, a focus on the heart is we want that heart to open. We want that armoring to come off of the heart. And there are two main ways that I like to do this, that, that were really powerful in my life. The first one was through posture. So I'm, I'm a clinician by nature. I was a physical therapist. And so I, I love to work with the body and my expertise in the body really comes in handy when it has to do with healing wounds, uh, because everything is retained in the body. Our physical body houses all of our trauma and all of our pain, all of our spiritual wounds. And so when it comes to opening the heart posture, postural exercises are wonderful to, to, um, to open that heart chakra. And usually what I'll do is I'll do anything that opens the chest, anything. This is extension. Okay. This is spinal extension. Anything that opens the chest will start to open that heart chakra and, and allow it to become more, uh, more pliable. All right. So I like to use a lot of stretches that involve spinal extension, uh, opening your arms out. Um, uh, some yoga postures do this, but just start focusing on that extension on opening the heart. I like to even do it as a pumping exercise. So I close down my shoulders and then I pump them up and I close them down and I pump them up. This pumping exercise, this pumping motion will, will start opening up that heart chakra really well. All right. So postural exercises though, that's one of them. 
Another way that I love to open the heart chakra is through tapping, uh, tapping routines. Okay. And one of my favorite one, um, the tapping usually has, it has a mantra or a prayer that goes with it. And so what I do with, uh, with the tapping is you're going to want to tap on your sternum up and down your sternum. That's where the, the main heart chakra is down lower in the sternum. But then if you tap up a little bit more on your sternum, you reach what's called the high heart. That's an extra energy center. It's called the high heart. And so I basically like to tap up and down the sternum. And then what you do is, and I'm doing it with the right hand, but I'm actually going to give you pro tip, ding, ding, <laughs> pro tip right here. Use your left hand to do this tapping because it's your left hand. That's the receiving hand. This is the feminine side is the left side of your body, R uh, left hand receiving hand. So do this with the left hand, with your left hand, tap, 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 tap. And then you're going to add the tapping mantra or the tapping prayer. Okay. So it's a variation of, of, of this and, and it's, it's about acceptance in order to open. All right. So the variation go, the, the tapping mantra goes like this, even though I may be blocking. Okay. So, so you see part one, I admit that I may be blocking. Okay. So acceptance, even though I may be blocking the gifts from the universe, I honor and accept myself. Okay. That's the second part. I honor and accept myself and God or source loves me unconditionally. That's part three. Okay. So let me say that again, as I'm tapping, even though I may be blocking the gifts from the universe, I deeply honor and accept myself and God loves me unconditionally. Even though I may be blocking the gifts from the universe, I honor and accept myself and God loves me unconditionally. And you keep repeating this over and over and over as you're tapping with that left hand. All right. Tapping routines work really, really well because what they're doing is they're opening up that meridian system. Tapping works on the meridians of the body and it opens up that meridian system. It starts to get energy flowing. And then if I combined that with a mantra, now I'm starting to focus on the, the changing of beliefs. Okay. So tapping, that's another great way to open that heart chakra. And the sixth and last tip, the reason that I have it here last is because it should be last on your list. So focus on these maybe in order that that'll be great. The sixth tip is to rewire the brain. <laughs> ding, ding. So why am I talking about rewiring the brain here? Because the beliefs, remember when we talked about in the first part of the video, beliefs and energy imprints reinforce the armoring. Okay. So when I start to armor and I start to develop these beliefs around that armoring, the beliefs that I don't deserve love, the beliefs that I don't deserve abundance, the beliefs that I'm not good enough, the beliefs that, that being open to the universe is unsafe. As soon as I start to develop these beliefs, they first start out. Cause I did talk about that when I said that your personality and your ego, it develops itself around the information that it retrieves from the lower chakras. All right. This is an important, important aspect of mindset work because a lot of times what's happening in personal development circles is that we're trying to focus on changing the mind, but we can't change the mind unless we address the energy imprints in the chakras that developed personality and mind traits in the first place. Okay. So you got to go one step deeper than, than just, um, uh, mindset work purely. All right. But when we get to the step of rewiring the brain, you've already done significant energy work because you've done the other five tips that I, that I recommended here. 
And so that means that now you're actually ready to rewire the brain because the brain will be ready to rewire once the energy imprints that the personality is based on are healed. Okay. And so when it comes to rewiring the brain, it takes a, you know, a few little extra tips, patience. All right. Patience is patience is numero uno. Patience is very important because rewiring the brain takes significant practice. That's the second thing. Practice, practice, practice. Okay. Practice. And the third thing is repetition, repetition, repetition. That's how you rewire the brain. All right. The brain circuitry, it lays down, your brain lays down neural networks in response to practice and repetition. That's why the world's best elite athletes and elite musicians and elite anything, they're elite at what they do because they've practiced that specific skill for thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And so their brain lays down neural networks to support that activity. All right. Your brain will reinforce itself around things that you keep doing over and over and over again. Okay. So if you have these beliefs established in you and and you've been believing these beliefs for uh, years of your life, then now that you're doing the healing work to clear all that, now the rewiring of the brain is going to take patience, a lot of repetition and a lot of practice. Okay. And a few other things that work. One of them is redirect. Okay. So redirection works really well. So that means that if I start to feel the beliefs or if I start to hear the inner voices saying, Oh, you know, I don't deserve love, for example, or I'm not good enough. If you, once you start to feel these or hear these voices in you, you immediately redirect. Okay. You redirect to a different thought, a different belief that you want to reinforce. So for example, if your brain says, um, you know, uh, uh, receiving love is dangerous or love is dangerous or opening up is not safe. If you hear that or feel that in your mind, then you immediately redirect and you start to say things. No, like I live in a benevolent, beautiful universe. I am safe. I'm an adult. I'm mature. I can protect myself. Love is beautiful. You see, you start to redirect towards statements and beliefs that you want to reinforce and away from the ones that are old. Okay. So, so redirect is an important way of rewiring the brain. Now to help you out with the whole rewiring of the brain, because I know sometimes it can get a little frustrating when we're trying to rewire the brain and move from old beliefs to new beliefs. I did a YouTube live activation that my team has turned into a beautiful guided meditation. It's on my website. Um, and so I'm going to leave that the links to, to that free resources page. I'm going to leave it in the description box below go on that resource page and do the meditation called upgrade your mind. That is a beautiful activation to help you clear out old beliefs and get this brain to rewire a lot faster. All right, beautiful soul. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. Do you feel like you armor and block receiving? Has this been a problem in your life? Let me know in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can download those popular guided meditations that I was just talking about and check out the video here that I described in this one. This is going to be a great video for you to continue watching after this one. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I'm out.